It's time to watch The Muppet Show with special guest Valerie Harper. I took notes today. Did you take, like, personal notes? Oh, look at this! I took my glasses off, and now I'm going to try to, like, read your little took chicken scratch. one note on a post-it. Actually, two notes. I'm excited two to to hear them. Um, it's time to watch The Muppets, Meg. And they're definitely conspiracy theories. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's time to watch The Muppets. Doug, I like your shirt today. You have, like, a toucan on it, but it's a realistic toucan and it, not a toucan Sam. Yeah. It's nice. I like it. I, like I it call it my pelican shirt. It's I know that it's a toucan. Oh. It is a toucan. I call it my pelican shirt. This is how one of the fun <laughs> ways that I play stupid throughout my day. <laughs> I love it. I think I called it pelican once by mistake because I couldn't remember what a toucan was called. <laughs> oh, You're Megan. Like, yes, it's a pelican. Anyway. We've been through, like, this was a week. So. This was a, what a week. I am really excited to talk about this episode, though. We Same. watched the Valerie Harper episode of The Muppet Show. Can I open up? On one note, before I before we gonna, get it going, I'm gonna egg, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up on your note. This note is one of the first notes listed in the Muppets Wikia for this episode. Oh, okay. And it it it's absolutely true. This is season one's most forward-looking episode, prefacing the developments of the next season. It begins with a scripted spont. It begins with scripted spontaneity of Valerie arriving at the theater and asking if she can do the opening number. Then auditions in quotes, an elaborate number backstage, complete with quick costume changes. The sense that the Muppets don't exactly know what they're doing until they're doing it is an important part of the controlled chaos aesthetic of this series. But this is the only episode in season one where this is a major element. And this is why I fucking loved this episode. I know, I loved it! I loved this episode! This episode was so sloppy in, like, such a fun way. It was the whole opener with her, with Valerie singing the song. And my one note is, I just have to say, Doug, you do know that I love Valerie Harper. And I love Rhoda. Please harp on that. I love Rhoda. (laughs) I, so... I knew that Valerie Harper played Rhoda and then was Rhoda, we'll say, right? She played Rhoda on Mary Tyler Moore and then she was Rhoda on Rhoda. Mm-hmm. I did not know Rhoda went on for so long. I... She played Rhoda on her own show longer than she played it on Mary, which blew my mind. Yeah, that's true. I didn't know, which I also found through doing like wikiing and all that stuff, that she then hosted, not hosted, starred in another show called Valerie. Then later called Valerie's family. Then she got fired, and it was it became she called got fired. The, she got fired in this after the second season of a show called Valerie. Oh. They then retooled the show because apparently she was quote unquote difficult. Oh. On that show, she was she was trying to make sure the show had was using her namesake properly. Yeah. She was trying to make sure that she had some more creative stake in a show called Valerie. That she was like the titular Valerie. They 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 claim it very similar to Roseanne because yeah. Roseanne was almost fired off of Roseanne. You can't fire fucking Roseanne off she, of Roseanne. She, she is Roseanne. Was later fired off of Roseanne in the reboot, but so Valerie Harper yeah, that's true. was fired, and they started calling the show Valerie's Family, and then they changed it to the Hogan Family. And I've definitely heard of the series The Hogan Family. I never saw it, but 
Well, good thing they kicked Valerie Harper off of it because you saw it after they changed the name. Yeah, and it was one of those shows that like was canceled from one network, then picked up by another network. It had a whole USA lot of problems it with it. I'm like, it was CBS to CBS yet. to NBC, which even feels weird because I feel like CBS just lets everything ride. When when you were little, did your nanny ever tell you stories about how like there were only a couple of channels? We used to have just uh, uh, NBC. CBS, ABC, and that was it. And then Fox came along. Oh, yeah, exactly. It was a big deal when Fox happened. And then in the 90s, like, when my grandma was traveling, my nanny, and I would be like, Nanny, I want to go to England or whatever. Like, for whatever reason, she'd be like, well, they only have two or three channels. Could you imagine that being the thing and that you're like, Uh, well, I'm not going to England then? They um, only have two channels? plugs are different? No. 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 You can't even blow dry your hair, Megan. Nope. But I was like, no, I'm pretty sure Adina and Patsy live in England. Gotta go. Which channel are they on, though, Megan? There's uh, only two. <laughs> probably the BBC One. I don't know. They're on PBS. What a weird island. thing to try to say to a kid. W Channel 21. To say to a kid to be like, 15. oh, you don't want to go there. There's only two channels. Oh, yeah. No, you <laughs> definitely don't want to go there because then I'm going to make you go to Ireland and kiss the Blarney Stone. Just kidding. Do they clean it after you kiss it? Probably now, after COVID. They gotta really, like, Now they have to. It. They have to wait, like, ten seconds between kiss. Let it really sit in. Ugh. Must you know, open mouth kiss the Blarney actually, Stone? Actually, you know, I'm sure people will be online, like, this is the best time to kiss the Blarney Stone. Because it, you actually buy a ticket, and you know when you're gonna get in, and you come between this time and this time. I can it's just either see my that, mom. or there's people who are like... Oh, you can't even kiss the Blarney Stone anymore. <laughs> oh, the Blarney Stone's canceled because you can't <laughs> kiss it without. You got now. You got to go to the Blarney Stone. You got to say, "Hi, what Blarney country Stone. Are we in? Blarney Stone, do you have my consent to kiss you, Blarney Stone? Do I have your consent?" <laughs> I'm exhausted by my own premise. I love it. I'm, I'm a big fan. And I will uh, text you when I go to Ireland and I kiss the Blarney Stone. But I'm doing it just for my nan. All right, it's time anyway, to talk the Muppets. You it's ready? The Muppets. All right. I love Valerie Harper, we and I'm s- going to divert a lot with this. I have theories here. I'm glad that you didn't text me, like talk to me in text for I real. I tried after we so it. hard, but I had to tell you that I had things boiling. Uh-huh. I was like, just there are boil. things are brewing inside of me. Anyway. So we start backstage. One of the few times an episode begins backstage, Kermit confronts. George, the janitor, about the mess backstage. George complains that it's because of all the Muppets blowing their tops. Guest star Valerie oh, arrives. Fun. Yeah, somebody he, blew it their top. It was one of those what you call it's the the they freckles. Just, they just wanted to take a head off of a Muppet. Yeah. I mean, they, this is got to get an explosion yes. in. T- pop the head off. Guest star Valerie Harper then arrives, excited to be on the show as she's a huge Muppet freak. I like that she said freak, and she's so New York about it too. Yeah. Yeah, she was really, that. really, like, at home in this oh, episode. Yeah. She was, um, I'm gonna, like, I guess get this out too early. She was severely underutilized. Um, yes. I've never seen a guest star as underutilized as this. She, she was in the opening number and the closing number. And then, like, in between, very scarcely. But And wait till we get to the closing number. Okay. So everyone on the show is a freak. <laughs> That's what George But she's explains. delighted about it. Kermit, has, Kermit claims to already have scheduled Bertha Beasley and her galloping geese as their opening number. Yeah, but they cancel. When Kermit discovers that 
she has sabotaged that act. Oh, she sabotaged that. He allows Valerie to audition with Broadway Baby impersonating Marilyn Monroe and Mae West. That was super cute. She was like, uh, th- they're not coming back because, what did she say, that she tied them up or She something? hog-tied them somewhere, yeah. yeah. She tied them all up. And then fed pigeon something. She like covered that? them in bird seed. Bird That's seed, what she said. Yeah. She covered them in bird seed. You're right. Yeah. This was one of the first, now, it was very intricate and elaborate, this number, with all the costume changes and just going in a door and coming out another door dressed completely she differently. She reminded me so much of Madeline Kahn. Yes. I agree <laughs> with that. One of the things that I'm curious to know, and maybe you do know, is can Valerie Harper sing? Because I was not certain that this was her singing voice, because the lip syncing was kind of bad. No, Valerie Harper, I'm pretty sure, can sing. Yeah? Yeah. The the lip syncing was kind of bad at parts. And I was like, this is very... Yeah, I mean, truly, especially, she said, go back to her theater roots, so I guess, you know... Yeah, maybe she hadn't had a vocal lesson in a while, but I'm pretty sure she can sing. (laughs) <laughs> when she's through, Kermit explains, that was great. I tell you, you're going to you're going to be going out on that stage as star, but you're going to be coming back a chorus girl. Yeah, and she doesn't, she's like, all right. But this is Rhoda. That's what I'm thinking. It's like, there's, somebody gives Rhoda a compliment, mm-hmm. Rhoda knocks it back. Somebody gives Rhoda a backhanded compliment, Rhoda makes a joke about it. Like, mm-hmm. Rhoda, every single line out of Rhoda's mouth is joke, joke. Joke. Yeah. Joke. Like, and this was the height of her solo series of Rhoda. This came out in... Uh, oh, it's called a solo series? I would say. No, you know what I mean? Like her spinoff, whatever the hell okay, you want to call it. Okay, spinoff. Can I talk about what I want to talk about now or later? This episode premiered November 22nd, 1976, so it was in the middle of oh. the seventh season of Rhoda. Go. This episode was seventh season of Rhoda. This yes. is the end of Rhoda, then. Yes. Towards the end. This is the end of Rhoda. Or maybe it was season six, 76. Yeah, it was season six. The end of Rhoda. Okay. I have a bunch of stuff I want to talk about, but I want to just talk about one thing. Okay. I love that you just sang that song. <laughs> what are your notes? Okay. So, spinoffs. Mm-hmm. You're with me, right? Yeah. Lots of spinoffs in life. Mm-hmm. Morgan Stein. That's it. Morgan Stern, right? Uh-huh. Morgan Stern. Morgan I, Stern. I, I'm like reading my notes like I don't know Rhoda's actual last name. Mm-hmm. Rhoda Morgan Stern. Mm-hmm. Daria Morgendorfer. Mm-hmm. I think there's something there. Spinoff. Better show. Do you like Mary Tyler more better than Rhoda? I will say I've never really watched Rhoda. Okay. I do enjoy, in a rewatch of Mary Tyler Moore, I do get more enjoyment out of Rhoda and Phyllis. Rhoda, I mean, uh, Mary Tyler Moore is a fun show, but mm-hmm. Rhoda's a better show. Yeah. When it comes to... Enjoying Mary, Mary Tyler Moore. I enjoy her more on Dick Van Dyke Show. <laughs> but yeah, I think for Mary's series, it's more for me about Rhoda and Phyllis. Was Scarlet Witch's first set uh, Dick Van Dyke? WandaVision? Uh, WandaVision? I think it was supposed to be a Dick Van Dyke style. Yeah, because yeah. I just see uh, Mary Tyler Moore in that like walk up to the get the door. Their living room setup was very Dick Van Dyke. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. Um, yes. So I was thinking about this today and I was like, hmm, I wonder if a writer or whoever, because did she have a last name on Mary Tyler Moore? Because Daria didn't have a last name on Beavis and Butthead. Oh my God. I didn't even get that that's where you were going. So that Daria is a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead and Rhoda is a spinoff of Mary Tyler Moore and they have very similar sounding last names. Yeah. I would be curious. I think 
Do you know, I do believe that she had a last name on Mary Tyler Moore simply because I feel like they definitely went out to mention that she was Jewish. Yeah. And Valerie Harper's not Jewish in real life. And, and, yeah. But in a roundabout way, I bet you that there were there was mention of her Judaism based on her last name. Yeah. You know? I'm sure. I mean, it wasn't really a part of the show, per mm-hmm. se. She had the stereotypical parents. Yeah. You know, mother in that show, also not a Jewish actor. Uh, father, yes. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, well, back to the Muppets. Statler and Waldorf, impressed with Valerie's performance and beauty, argue who will go backstage to meet her. They decide to flip for her. Statler wins the flip. I loved all the Statler and Waldorf bullshit in this episode. This was... Oh, they were great in this episode. They were absolutely Both out of, of control. So great. The next bit uh, has not aged well. And I am... Oh, God. The Swedish chef adds cream to a fruit and chocolate cake. But as he goes to cut it, the cake loudly objects in... It says Japanese here, but I'm going to put in quotes Japanese. The cake is instead dispatched a, by a cake and smosher. This Japanese nonsense gibberish was like, yikes. I watched this while I was getting ready in the morning, and uh-huh. I guess it was too low for me to hear that the cake was doing like Japanese. It was cake. doing like really like, I'm not going to do it. No, don't do it. <laughs> but it was, oh, you know what? Here. I'll bleep it. It was like, oh, oh, oh. You need guru. It was really bad. It was like, ooh. Like, oh, I don't know. I can't even explain God. it. It was really bad. I wonder why they made the cake that. It was more inflection than, like, attempting at doing words. But interesting to think about that because when I, I listen to a lot of 80s music mm-hmm. and I'm like, why, why, why were 80s musical artists obsessed with doing that, like, do 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 Oh, my fucking God. I don't know if it was a send-up to maybe, like, the popularity of, like, Kung Fu. Yeah. In the 90s, remember, you could... There was tons of, like, karate studios, oh, yeah, taekwondo, true. like, Even all I was sorts in of different martial arts. In the 90s, like, it was kind of a thing where, like, either you did that or you played baseball or, you know, like, yeah, it, was, it was up there with those true. things. It was no different than yeah. you had soccer practice. No, you have taekwondo. You have... So I wonder if it is, like, maybe there's, like, this cultural wave that we missed because we were just too a little bit too young yeah maybe and we were getting the reverberations from it you know because yeah like turning japanese by the vapors is oh, like god that's like name the- another vapors song Kung- you know what i mean what about, what about wang chung wang chung that's what yeah. i'm thinking like because like, those- everybody was kung fu fighting by the village people that's not terrible mm-hmm. that's fun Wow, I can't believe that. Everybody when you first said that, I was like, fighting. okay, cool, the vapors. And then you were like, you literally rattled off two more examples. No, but, that it's, are like, but it is bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm sticking up for them, but also like, the yeah, village people are gay, so I have to. <laughs> they get icons. a pass. They're gay icons. <laughs> macho, macho man. Next up is our Muppets newsflash. The newsman speaks with Mrs. Klinger, whose husband, Gus, has gradually turned into a rug and had she had to sue for divorce because he did not match the drapes. I thought this was this a was very a little cute, dirty, funny, dirt. Yeah, I, I I got like I got a good blurt laugh out of her saying this he doesn't silly. match the drapes. This was I silly. That was I also love the expression of sued for divorce. Oh yeah, sued which for is divorce. so antiquated that you would have to. And when you think about it, yeah, you're suing your partner to for divorce. separation. Yeah. yeah, that's a bizarre way to put it, but that is what you're doing. Sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. 
to sue for divorce. Yeah, no, thank you. Not us. I always think of the Santa Claus when I think about divorced parents. What do you think about? As a... You, this is a Both unique, of us don't have divorced parents This is a parents, really yeah. weird... We both have dead dads, but... <laughs> That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but it is a unique experience in a very sad, weird way. Is We're the only pair of our friends, honestly, like our very immediate yeah. friends that, you know, that don't aren't have, yeah, divorced, exactly. that don't have divorced parents and didn't have divorced parents like... Growing up. Growing up mm-hmm. or any sort of like experience like that and yeah it would remind me of like the santa claus how it's like oh it's dad's hot turn mm-hmm. with me for the holiday yeah like, or like it's weird stepmom was another movie about divorced parents right that's oh tough. shit stepmom with jenna malone and susan sarandon yeah, and no julia thing, roberts dude. that movie yeah. wrecked me as a kid and uh-huh. then i thought about for hours after that movie which would i prefer if my mom died or my dad died if i had to choose <laughs> That's dark, right? That's miserable. Yeah, it was horrible. I watched yeah. it alone in my basement as a child. I shouldn't have watched that movie. Mm-hmm. No, you shouldn't have. No. <laughs> Ain't no mountain high. Ain't no mountain. Like, that scene is fun, but the rest That's of the it. movie is not fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next, we go to a poem by Rolf, The Butterfly. As Rolf recites the poem, a small yellow butterfly flutters by. The poem is interrupted, however, when the giant butterfly catches Rolf in a net and carries him off stage. Adorable. This was the UK spot. It was not. Oh. The next, you'll get to the UK spot. You know the UK spot. (laughs) This was like cute and refreshing because when it started, I was like, is this the UK spot? And then it turned out to be like a good bit. (laughs) I I like Rolf and I hate that he gets pigeonholed to this UK spot. It sucks. It's true. Well, he had a butterfly spot this weekend. Yeah. He had the UK spot too. So next we go back to George. In his ignorance, he waters Statler's plant for him. Wait, but do they look like brothers? They do look like Like brothers. Like Emilio Estevez and what's his name? Who's Emilio? Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. Mm -hmm. That's who they are. I am the other half of your brain that can help you translate. (laughs) Yes. Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen are definitely, they do look like brothers too. And it throws me off and I forget that like the Sheens are related to Emilio Estevez because yeah. Emilio Estevez didn't change his last name to be in Hollywood. Yeah. Like Martin Sheen and I always lump Michael Douglas in that batch for some reason. But he's their dad? Martin Sheen is the dad. He oh. was on the West Wing. Then Charlie Sheen is the son and Emilio Estevez is the What's son What's Michael well. Douglas? Not related? Michael Douglas, his father is... Doesn't he look like them? <laughs> yes. He does look like them. That's the problem. Michael Douglas, he has a famous father who recently just passed at like 101. God, what And the Michael fuck is Douglas his name? is married Kirk to Douglas. Matt Catherine Zeta Jones. Catherine Zeta Jones is married to Michael I Douglas. I said Matthew Matthew Zeta Jones. <laughs> it's just like when people call Michelle uh, Michael. Like that's like a different yeah. conspiracy. It's <laughs> It's, You're talking about Obama. Yeah, yeah. I just, yes, and I just was like, yes, it's just like that. And now I know what you're talking about. The it's sect so of people stupid. that believe that Michelle Obama is trans. I know. And, yeah. I went to West Virginia for a wedding once, and oh, we went into, I don't know, to get some food somewhere. And this guy was talking to us, and the news was on, and he was telling us that Michelle Obama was actually Michael. And I thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. I was like, you're kidding Of all me, the right? rumors. I was like, that is the most racist thing. Why? Because she has nice arms. I wanted to be like, have you seen Madonna's arms? Uh-huh. Come on. Man, man, 
Now we're backstage again. George, in his ignorance, waters Statler's plant for him. And it grows. It immediately begins to grow out of control. Statler claims it will eat everything in sight. So we missed the part where... Even that pussy! That's exactly what I think about. Listen, (laughs) I had us backed up enough for a good edit. (laughs) You can leave that. (laughs) So Statler has this... What did he call it? It was some sort of an African bush. That he was going to present like, oh to my God. Valerie this as like was a so gift to woo weird. And now that it's been watered, it's going to start to overtake this the This was like Little Shop of Horrors meets yeah. the Muppets. Excuse me. <laughs> so now we move to the At the Dance segment. Is that how So the baseball... Bat strikes again, knocking the head off a blue fractal. I feel like this is the worst one to mention here. This bit had a lot of good segments. All right, Jennifer was in this. Jennifer says to Animal, I heard your brother was going to buy you a house. (laughs) He was telling me he wanted to put you in a home. (laughs) And then Animal was like, dip. Yeah, he dipped her, whatever. But I thought that was funny. Like That was funny. He said he was going to put you in a home. What's the next crew? The wait, okay, because the Electric Mayhem were in this episode. They mm-hmm. weren't in last episode. They were heavy so in this Janice episode. So Janice was dancing with Zoot, and Zoot said something about the music here is garbage. Oh yeah. And then trash got thrown at them. Yeah, it was that weird. looked primarily like just lettuce. And then the whole Doctor Teeth thing with Doctor Teeth was with Mildred, with and I hated that he I was know, dancing with I her figured. because he is too cool for her. He's and why She's weren't his arms bitch. ridiculously long? Yeah, they were very tame. Yeah, I felt like they should have just like gone way over her shoulders uh-huh. and like been dipped down. Yeah, like kind of flopped, like yeah. just thrown over her. Yeah. And then, yeah, what did she say? Something. She was rude. Can I tell you the truth or something? Or can you handle honesty? Or can I be honest yeah. with you? And. He was like, of course, or something like that. And she was like, you're the worst dancer. And yeah. he was like, he made a joke that he was going to, like, hit her or something. <laughs> it was a joke about hitting her. Not. Was I was like, uh, but it would have been funny to make a joke about hitting her if he had those floppy ass arms. Yeah. If he just, like, <laughs> flopped him off. Yeah. And then this stupid frackle with the bat, with the bat was, my, there's a bat after you. Oh, that's okay. My uncle uh, was a vampire. Uh, and I Stupid. thought, was your uncle Grandpa Munster? He looked like he could have been. Why yeah. not? I love Grandpa Munster. Al Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Al Lewis. Our next spot is the UK spot. Rolf and Sam the Eagle perform Tit Willow. Oh, my Sam is God. eager to sing when he learns that it will be a cultural song. He quickly loses interest. However... When he hears the lyrics. This is when people in the UK go to the bathroom, right? What I will say about this spot now is this spot shows a redesigned and newly built Sam the Eagle. Oh. This version of Sam the Eagle was not the one used previously in Sex and Violence and intro Wayne and Wanda. This is his first of his, like, truer form. Oh, welcome to the the world, Sam the Eagle. So while I cannot stand him, he looked much better here. And it was the proper colors. Look great. That's all I can say good about this UK yeah. spot. And then what comes next, Wayne and Wanda? Like, no, we oh. still have one more song. This song kind of ruled 
Floyd Pepper and the Whatnots okay. singing Searchin' this while searching was for Mary Louise. Terrific, except yeah. when it was just those creepy guys. I was like, they like what the fuck? They mind. looked rapey. Yeah. And it reminded me of a clockwork orange. And I was like, are they gonna hunt for this girl? Yeah. Like I hated what's happening? The two of them. And then when Floyd came in, I was like, Oh good, he's gonna save this. Yeah, he'll be he's he's a level headed guy. He'll make sure yeah. nothing bad happens here. Hopefully. I don't know him personally. You know? I enjoyed this. Let's see what Searchin' is. If I click that, will it show that it is a song uh, written by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller? Nice. Searchin' is about a man who, likening himself to famous detectives like Charlie Chan and Dragnet's Sergeant Friday, is looking for a girl, looking for the girl of his dreams. It's a top ten hit for the band The Coasters. Sorry, oh. and the B side of their Young Blood single. This song was later covered by the Beatles. Oh. Floyd Pepper performed Searchin' on episode 120 of The Muppet Show as he scoured the forest for the elusive Mary Louise, who dressed in a yellow toga with a wreath of flowers on her head. Is Mary Louise Prairie Dawn's mom? Mary Louise is definitely Prairie Dawn's mom. Yeah. I would say that she is. I would say she is. That's, we associated is this Floyd character with that before. Oh, I like that. What color is she? She's like a weird color. This Mary Louise, she's a blonde. No, I know, but they're, her skin. What's her Muppet skin? Oh, shit. You're right. Her skin is not pink like Prairie yeah, Dawn's, Prairie, but Floyd's, Floyd's skin is, is pink. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mary Louise definitely gave birth to Prairie Dawn after she was a full-fledged groupie for the Electric Mayhem. She, well, no. Floyd found her in this episode, and you he think had her he, way with her. I, but I'm certain she hung around, and she oh, did some drugs no, in that she, big old bus. She definitely hung around. She went through a few stops with them. Oh, yeah. Oh, then yeah. they dropped her off back home. She had the kid had to be born, you know. He he didn't he didn't come back. Oh shoot! He didn't come back. Come on, Floyd. Next, we move back to the box where we see Waldorf jealous of his friend, and left to his own devices. He tries to amuse himself by making faces and tickling himself. I'm sorry, the face was great. When he makes this face, it is there. I don't. There's nothing. There's better. nothing better. Nothing. And better. he even says he's like you know uh, Statler may have Valerie, but he can't make this face. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Kermit confronts Statler about his plant running amok. Statler tries to protest, quoting from the theater grower's manual. But Kermit refers to his comments as a lot of hogwash. Oh, shit. As he's saying this, Miss Piggy's not in this episode either. And you know what? When they said hog, no pig came out. Where's Gonzo been? Gonzo was in this episode. Was he? Yeah. Are you sure? Backstage, yeah. He got, he was there when, like, their plant was taking over the back. Okay. So. But he didn't say anything. Even though I love his voice. I love his stupid Gonzo voice. When he's like, I wish I knew how to grow a plant. I don't know. I'm making up something. I love Gonzo. We move back to the green room where Valerie is in search of a comb. She's introduced to Bernie, the makeup man. Also known as the Easter Bernie. Yeah, this bunny had weird ass ears. Which was silly and stupid. And, like, why did they waste this sketch on this? I don't know. She was so so underused. And it was simply because they were trying to hide the fact, I guess, that the plant was running amok. This is stupid. So she never leaves her dressing room until it's under control? Yeah, but they don't do a good job explaining that. No, they don't. You to explain it to me now. I am making it up. Because I think that's what they were trying to do by that. That's what they wish they would have done. Right? So then we're back to backstage. Kermit has to don a pith helmet what? to cut through the bear. I guess that's like the little. 
Oh, yeah, that, that little, little yeah. yeah, he looks so cute in that hat. To cut through the berry bush jungle the just to get bush. to his desk, Fozzie then informs Kermit that he is unable to do his act. The plant ate his cue cards. Statler tells Kermit that if he'd only allowed him to meet Valerie, this whole mess could have been avoided. I think Gonzo's in this scene. But Kermit states, the only person you're going to meet back here is Tarzan. Tarzan's call is heard in the moments later, which Statler says, I hope he's a good dancer. That was a moment that we're missing from here. That Statler rattles off a list of celebrities that he's dated in the past, which should entitle him to meeting Valerie Harper. Oh. And one of them is Barrymore. And Kermit says to him, you dated Ethel Barrymore? And he says, no, I dated Lionel Barrymore. And he was a bad dancer. So this is a callback to that. Oh, yeah, I do remember Which is such a that. weird thing for him to have said. Yeah. Also. It was, it was interesting. After this, we move on to Wayne and Wanda as they sing On this a Clear not Day. A good Wayne and Wanda. You can see forever. No, we want pain. I want to see Wayne get hurt. Yeah. We want pain in these Wayne and, and I Wanda. I want bits. to see Wanda look at Wayne like, oh shit. Uh huh. <laughs> like be singing in her soprano and then just stop singing. Yeah. Because he has a boulder fell on him yeah. or something. Or she did something this, or. The fog rolling in is not enough. No. It's not enough. <laughs> Okay. You're running out of time, Muppet Season 1. Megan. Wayne and Wanda are going away. This next Muppets newsflash is literally the funnest newsflash that I've ever it's seen. It's nothing. He forgets. Muppets newsflash, there is nothing written on the newsman's paper. He looks at it, he goes, there's nothing written on it, never mind. He walks away! <laughs> I know. But they, like, keep it... <laughs> it was like... They keep the frame for just long enough that it's very funny. It is funny. It was obviously a filler. Which I don't understand why, because Valerie Harper is so goddamn good. We're back to her again in her dressing room. Kermit informs Valerie that she will not that she will have to perform her closing number with the Clodhoppers. She calls it a perfect fit. It's been so long since she's danced that she'll be a perfect clod. Tell me when we cut to the next scene. We're gonna go to the next scene now. Because can I say something about this? Yeah. She made her body act like a fucking Muppet marionette. Yeah, she moved very interestingly. She did a really, she did great body work. Valerie sings, nobody does it like me with the clodhoppers that look like, kind of like, uh, I want to call them like no frills grovers. They were definitely no frills grovers. Yeah. I thought, mm, grover, but not. Yeah. And it's weird because they all look similar enough to each other, but they're not the same guy a couple times. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird. Yeah. This was a really cool, and it was all of that black screen effect that they do. You know, where they can like... And she kind of stood like a little in front of him. She did a good job. Yeah. Definitely moved weird. This was really fun. But then it was the end. It was fun. Exactly. It was weird. It wasn't... The the chaos and like the, the... confusion and the craziness and everything was great but like she was so underutilized like usually you'll see she's known for being a comedic actress yeah. so that she wasn't in a sketch also that let her play is surprising there was no um talk spot oh yeah no talk spot. no talk spot at all and nope. you could have done I, they could have found a way to do no they couldn't have never mind i'm scrapping what i'm about to say but I think they could have done the talk spot. They could have cut out one of Ralph's scenes. The thing that they did instead (laughs) is all this weird backstage stuff. And it's all a way... There must be something cut from this episode 
where they said, Valerie, you can't leave your dressing room yet. We need you to we need you to just get yeah, ready. Yeah, something's missing. Because it's, there's something missing. Yeah. I'm actually gonna skim through here now. So let's okay. At closing, Statler finally gets to meet Valerie and presents her with a small African berry bush, the original's firstborn. He tries to invite Valerie to a steak dinner, but she's a vegetarian, so she can't eat. And she agrees to eat the plant instead. Okay. I need to see if there is any mention of... Oh, I'm finding other notes in this right now that piss me off. Mildred called Dr. Teeth Dr. Tooth. Oh, yeah. She's such a condescending bitch. I know. <laughs> There's something wrong with you her. You really hate her. And I hope that she's not in the next season I wonder all. who Mildred represents to you in real life, Doug, because you really hate that bitch. Who is Mildred? Who's like my Mildred in yeah. real life? Yeah, who's your Mildred? Mm. Well, I'm not happy to see this. She was even in The Muppets Most Wanted, so she sticks around. God Uh-oh. damn it. Uh, Muppets Most Wanted is the movie with Tina Fey from, like, maybe six, eight years ago. So I'm not finding any n- notes about things being cut. But this episode severely feels like something was cut that would have made it make sense that she was not I think it's all so a part much. of the Mandela effect. Because I need to tell you about what I think. Yeah. What's that? So I'm deeply, deeply upset. I've been thinking about it all day. Mm-hmm. I have no one to call. I, I'm scared to call my mom and ask her because I don't want her to be like, no, this never existed. So I can Uh-oh. be like, not you too, mom. Not you too. Uh-oh. But I think we're in a different universe than we started out in because I distinctly and clearly remember there being a Rhoda spinoff called Brenda. Uh-huh. And it was about Rhoda's sister. Yeah? Brenda. See, I don't know the show Rhoda enough to know about a sister called Brenda. So you Julie think... Kavner. Oh. A.K.A. Marge Simpson. As uh-huh. a kid, you don't know this? No. Oh my fucking God. You need to, like, see her as a kid and, uh-huh. like, talk. Doug, is the only Woody Allen movie you've ever seen, Ants? The only Woody Allen movie we've ever seen is Ants, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of another one. I... You know she's in, like, six of the his movies. Really? Yes. I may have seen... And she's in one of my favorites, Hannah and Her Sisters. I may have seen... So is Carrie Fisher. I may have seen... What's the one? Annie Hall. Annie Hall. Yeah. I think I've seen Annie Hall. <laughs> when I took film studies in high Diane school... Diane Keaton. I'm pretty sure we had a portion where we studied like early um romantic comedies yeah like like not early romantic comedies but modern romantic comedies yeah and i believe that was covered as well as um when harry met sally yeah okay but i don't recall much about it and i think that it says something to my character that i haven't seen very many woody allen movies no it does he's do you remember Trash. difficult people wawa women against <laughs> woody allen <laughs> <laughs> was so funny. I, I, I'm not upset that I haven't seen very many Woody Allen movies. I'm upset Woody Allen's like kind of a like well, kind of a scumbag, but is a scumbag and a piece yeah. of shit. Because I have seen a lot of his movies. Uh huh. And Blue Jasmine. But it, Blue Jasmine is all about Kate Blanchett's acting. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not about Woody Allen. Like, ain't it's a ten- it's a rendition of a Tennessee Williams play. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. I don't know. Kate Blanchett's epic in that movie. Mm-hmm. But Julie Kavner, mm-hmm. Marge Simpson, mm-hmm. and Patty and Selma, and on top of that, every other member of the Bouvier family. Of the Bouvier family. 
Absolutely. I didn't know that she was in things as a straight actress, I want to say. She's in Click by Adam Sandler. Yes. I I feel like you suggesting that I've seen Click. I've never seen that movie. I think you're suggesting that I've maybe seen that movie, and you're trying to say that I have a lesser palette for film. And (laughs) to that I will say... You are correct. <laughs> you love the Sandman, I don't you? <laughs> I have seen Click. <laughs> I used to use this stupid uh, software called ClickUp, and I would go to like type ClickUp mm-hmm. in the browser, and Click would come up, and I'd see Adam Sandler's like face in a just, thumbnail. Like, stream the movie <laughs> instead of like do work. But I want to tell you this: mm-hmm. I looked up today, so season eight, episode twenty-four. Okay. Um. Of The Simpsons. It's not canon, but they did a special episode called Simpsons Spinoff Showcase. And oh, yeah. I love that episode. It's um, There's a, a whole Chief Wiggum and Principal Skinner have a spinoff series together. So this is Rhoda with her sister Brenda, who's Julie Kavner. Oh, that's so plays weird. Marge. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean... Oh, and Julie Kavner is super duper private. Yeah. Which makes me super intrigued about her, because I'm like... You know what? Now that you say that she's very private, that makes sense to me, because I don't know anything about her, mm-hmm. and I've watched her play the matriarch of this family she for 32 years. She doesn't have to years. promote The Simpsons, you know? like, in her contract. Yeah. She doesn't have to, like, do public appearances. You don't hear much from any of the cast of The Simpsons, other than Hank Azaria will show his face in some things every now and then. What else does he do, Hank Azaria? Hank Azaria was oh, on Friends. Oh, no. Hank Azaria... Well, who's the one of them that's in uh, the Christopher Guest uh, group? The other one. Harry Shearer. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Harry Shearer. Even Dan Castellaneta, to a certain point, has been in things. Dan Castellaneta plays one of the judges in Drop Dead Gorgeous. I love that movie. That movie's brilliant. I fucking love that and movie. And I always pair that movie... Kirstie Alley as a villain. Kirstie, that's Kirstie Alley's best role. Exactly. And Kirstie it, Alley should always be a villain. Yeah. Always. She's playing one in real life nowadays. Yeah, she's not you know. doing anything, right? She's oh, doing Trump supporter? Yeah, she's okay. doing Trump supporter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, and doesn't look like that pays. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's weird. But, um... Yeah, Harry Shearer is one of the members of Spinal Tap, yeah. and he's in a bunch of other stuff. Wait, with him. no, no, no! But I've never seen Spinal Tap. Can you believe that? But I've really? seen like every other Christopher Guest movie. Spinal Tap is fine. Yeah, it's fine. I like the but other ones. Waiting for Guffman. Yeah, Waiting for Best Guffman. In show. Best in Show. Oh, A Mighty Wind. A Mighty. It's all gold. A Mighty Wind is so fucking funny. Well, I haven't watched that one in a long time. I should to. go back to it. But yeah, that's Harry Shearer. Did you ever watch the mascots that show that he did? No, I heard I it was fine. No. I heard it was like fine, and I I don't know. I don't need to like. I don't need to see everything he does. He's either. not. Yeah, exactly. It, it, I can accept that. Like he made some really great stuff in the '90s and 2000s, and just be like, that's fine. Don't you, you know? love that he's married to Jamie Lee Curtis? That's bizarre to me too. I love it. She had a crush on him for years too. Before she started dating him. Some of and, those are really weird. That and you know kind of stuff. how I found that out? I'm like gossiping like I know them. Mm-hmm. I read Lorraine Newman's book. And Jamie Lee told you that while you were reading the book? No, uh, Lorraine Newman like mentions it because she was friends with Jamie Lee Curtis. Really? Yeah, she says, oh, and Jamie had a crush on this guy, Chris. Oh, Meaning weird. Christopher Gass. To be so cash about What did he Chris. do on SNL? I didn't he was a writer. Oh, he was a writer. Yeah. yeah. I think you told me that before. In like the, um, 
I want to say like the the eighties. Oh yeah, early when 80s. Lauren wasn't there, right? Yeah, I think it was the weird seasons. Yeah, but I think he hung around. He um, Christopher Guest is the bat. I I really love. I definitely him. think he was there during like the Martin Short. Oh God, Billy Crystal kind so of. Many. I can't believe he wasn't. Like he must have been in a video or something. He must have been on an he, appearance. Or I know he has. He did like they didn't used to call them digital shorts, but like yeah. those like, like an pre-records Andy type of. He did some pre-record things because you can hear his voice. He has a very distinct voice, even. When he's not trying to do a voice, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, God, yes, he does. Like, just his straight voice. I'm jumping right now, but mm-hmm. did you see that Lonely Island movie, or was it just an Andy Sandberg movie? Which one? The Justin Bieber thing? The one that just came out, yeah. Well, like, a handful of years ago. The last one he did. did I heard that was so good. The was Never it good? Say Never Again pop star movie. Oh, that yeah. one? Did you see it? No, I haven't. Okay. And I heard it was very funny, too. I heard it was very funny. And one of the songs that he did for it was really stupid that I liked. The one about, um... Osama Bin Laden. Do you remember that song? No. Well, you should look that up. Oh, my God. But uh, I did watch his movie he put out last summer, Palm Springs. Did oh, you see that? Oh, that's what I'm talking that about. That was great. No, that's what I'm talking the about. The Time Travel movie? I'm not saying movie? the Never Say Never. Yeah, I'm talking about oh, Palm Springs. Oh, that movie's very good. It's not a Lonely Islands movie, though. Oh. Uh, I don't remember who put that movie it's, together. It's very good. And it's I all about... I need to see that. It's heavy. It's perfectly timed. The movie is like... One hour and 25 minutes. Like, it is the exact amount of time that you want to spend in this He's kind of talented, a mindfuck. Eh? He's very good in it. Yeah. The whole movie is... Do you think Nick Kroll is Groundhog's as talented Day-ish. as him? Nick Kroll, yes. I truly believe Nick Kroll has... I think Nick what Kroll he, is very What good he lacks too. in humor himself, he surrounds himself with very funny people who can work with him very mm-hmm. well. Like, people really love Big Mouth, that animated series he has, and while I enjoy that show, I think his sketch show from a few years before that is one of the greatest sketch shows of all time. Do you love when um, people dress up as different characters? Yes. And that he played, the show's whole premise is that it's as if you were clicking the channel on a TV. Oh, yeah. And every show is a weird reality show. What's the one with the girl where he's the the girl? It's called Publicity. Oh, Publicity, yeah. It's two women called Liz. (laughs) One they refer to as Pretty Liz, who is played by Jenny Slate, and the other one they refer to as Beefy Liz, who he (laughs) plays. And they play two publicity agents in Los Angeles who do publicity for other characters that he plays, like Dr. Armand, the pet plastic surgeon. Um... And the whole show is just, like, ridiculous. He plays this Justin Bieber character called something Saint, Brian St. LaCroix, <laughs> who, like, was on a Degrassi-type show, but now is a huge pop star. And You like, are making me laugh just by describing this This show, Megan, I this is one of those what comfort is it on? shows. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, I'll, I have it. Ding! It is one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. I, Every time I've watched it with you, I've laughed my ass off. And if you like Big Mouth, a lot of the characters in Big Mouth were sketch characters in Kroll Show that have been retooled, renamed. Like, the character of Lola... Did you ever watch Big Mouth? I watched, like, a handful of It's very episode, hard to watch. Yeah. It's about middle schoolers with going the through puberty. Monsters. It's really... It's tough to watch. It it's is, very yeah. uncomfortable. It's I've very I've seen, like, weird. the boobs episode. I've seen, like... It's gross. It's like 13-year-old boys talking about boners and stuff yes. like that. So there's like this blonde girl that Nick Kroll plays called Lola, who is just the beefy Liz character. Yeah. And she's disgusting. And Remember the oblongs? That, 
Honestly, Big Mouth reminds me a lot of Oblong. Yeah? Because it is kind of, like, gross that's in a similar way. That's probably my favorite Will Ferrell thing, because I, I don't think that's love too. Will Ferrell, but I love the Oblongs. We have fully derailed, but there is not one Will Ferrell movie that I like. Me neither. Where he's, like, a Will Ferrell character. Yeah, no. I will say A Night at the Roxbury's is probably the most passable, <laughs> but that's not a Will Ferrell movie to no. me. No. But, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it either. The Anchorman. No. Wasn't a fan, but you know what, Christina Christina Applegate's in that movie, and she's pretty terrific. But I haven't. And that was kind of one of those like first time back kind of things that she did yeah. after being Kelly Bundy for all those years. And then didn't she have cancer? I think. Or... I believe she did. Yeah. Or. But the shoes in the sweetest thing. When was that? Yeah. That was a big one with Cameron, Cameron Diaz, Diaz and then and Sel- Selma Blair. First of all, I have a crush on Selma Blair. Uh-huh. She's just my type. Selma Blair, unfortunately, is, like, kind of retired now that she has, she's yeah. MS, right? hmm But she was, she was so fucking funny. I loved her. I loved she her. She played a lot of funny. Like, she could be the straight man, she could be the Even her character ball, in Cruel like, Intentions, yes. she's so good at being that awkward. The privileged, oh, unknowing, uncomfortable. God, like yeah. Yeah, she plays, she can play literally all the she's roles. She's great. You ever seen the Hellboy movies? Yeah. She's really good in those too. I've never seen the Hellboy movies. No? I just said, yeah. She plays, <laughs> she plays, I, I don't want to just deduce her to reduce her rather You know to, why I haven't seen the Hellboy movies? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> she plays Hellboy's like love interest who's also like a detect, like a, um, she yeah. works with the bureau. I'm not like straight enough for also. that movie. It's it's good. <laughs> just There's probably not enough queer coding in the movie yeah. for you though no, to, to get by. The sex is too straight. <laughs> uh, it's between a demon man and Selma Blair. Yeah, but it's like some hyper masculine entity and a very effeminate feminine. Well, yeah, he does have this huge rock fist. Yeah, no, thank you. And a gun. Mm-hmm. I'd and rather his horns. Yeah, it's from hell. <laughs> no, I'm sure I would like it. So uh, next week, we are chugging along through season one. We're almost done with season one. Next week, we are moving on to the Twiggy episode of the Muppet we Show. We have Twiggy and then some K Ballard. Let me Twiggy K Ballard. You got it. Momentchance. Momentchance. Yep. I'm double checking to make sure. We have another one. Ethel Merman is Ethel next. Merman. Is the week after that first. So it's Twiggy, Ethel Merman, K. Ball- Ballard, Mumminchance. K. Ballard, then Mumminchance, which I will be so excited <laughs> to hear how they pronounce. Mumminchance. So we got. I'm sorry, I already forgot. So we have four episodes left in this season. Here is the synopsis to episode 121, Twiggy. That originally aired on February 7th, Miss 1977. Miss definitely going to be in this episode, I'm oh. sure, and talk about her weight. Yes. This is my guess. This is... <laughs> that's almost guaranteed. Twi- uh, Twi- Piggy is going to be... Yeah. Un- Piggy uh, like, and Twiggy. Piggy and Twiggy. Very conscious about her weight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mildred is going to be very conscious of her age and, like, wrinkles and you stuff. You are talking about women- Hilda, not Hilda! Mildred. You hate Mildred. Mildred's going to go to hell. <laughs> Um, no, but all of the women are going to be very, all of the women, both of them. Yeah. Because Janice could give a fuck about what any other woman is doing, right? Like, on that, like, front, I don't think that she has any. Yeah. Okay. Janice is like that girl who's like, far out, man. Yeah, she doesn't know what anyone else is doing. She is literally, she's in a different universe than the one that she started in. Exactly. 
Episode 121, Twiggy, originally airing February 7th, 1977. Kermit is skeptical when everyone backstage is terrorized by the Phantom of the Muppet Show. That's cool. There turns out to be one, though. Uncle Deadly, a monster actor who performed in the theater years ago. After being panned by critics, he vowed never to perform there again. Wait, Uncle Dudley? We know him. Uncle Deadly was in the last episode, the Vincent Price one that okay, we watched. Okay, okay, yeah. After being panned by critics, he vowed never to perform there again, and not to let anyone else perform there either. He warns them up, it's leave or be doomed. So this is cool. Yeah. Very weird. I'm also curious to see what Twiggy do. Twiggy's a model. Oh, oh, I, oh. Uh, what Twiggy do in this episode? Twiggy. Well, you I have to I mean? tell you, she is on AbFab, mm-hmm. and she's been on AbFab over the years, and she's pretty fucking funny. She's I know. Cheeky. Okay. Because I primarily know her as, like, kind of a punchline? Yeah. I mean, she always And is. it's a punchline. And that's probably why she's on AbFab. You it's know? like both. Plus, Adina's obsessed with the 60s. Obsessed. A lot of flattery behind her being... I don't know. It's interesting. I love AbFab. I'm going to go watch it later. If you love it so much, Megan. I would. Marry it. I would. But I can't. So, this has been It's Time to Watch the Muppets. We watch the Muppets. You can follow us on ITTWTM. You and ITWM. On Instagram and Twitter, you can buy a t-shirt. You can follow the link in our notes to get that. Oh, can I just tell you something really quick before we wrap Go up? For it. Okay, so Doug was late today, so I stopped at the bar <laughs> across, uh, around the block, and I just, like, you know, had a beer. Uh-huh. Anyway, beer. Um, this guy comes up to me, and he was in his 60s, and he asked me if I was Diana. And I said no. And then bitch Very walks Diana. in, she was fucking 50, 60 years Fuck old. Off. And I was like... What was she hoping that, like, the, the Tinder profile photo was, uh... Bish. Wow. I was like, he my forehead you... wrinkle's not that deep, is it? Damn. Then I was Diana? like... Damn. I was like, dirty Diana. You should have said, yes. Yes, I am. And then imagine if I started talking to him and then his date came and I was like, all right, toodaloo. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Thanks all right, for the anyway, I don't know why I had to tell you that, but I did. Thanks for the gumball, Mickey. What? That's a commercial that women in my life have grown up with when they grew up in, like, the 70s. Uh-huh. And it used to be a commercial about a gumball Mickey machine. And <laughs> the little kid would go, thanks for the gumball, Mickey. Megan, can you do me a favor? <laughs> I've never heard this before, but we've been struggling to have a send-off, like a goodbye <laughs> phrase. Can we just say that? Can it be, thanks for the gumball, Mickey? Thanks for the gumball, Mickey. Well, you heard it here. <laughs> Good night, everyone, and... Thanks for the gumball, Mickey. Thanks for the gumball.